Hey guys, welcome back to Politician's Playground. We are here with our second episode and we are very excited because we will be discussing the 2020 election and everything and anything to do with it. Um, So that's the presidential candidates and their campaigns and um, all the Democratic candidates that ran this year. Um, So let's just start off with the introductions. I'm your host, Sam Autry. I'm your co-host, Akshithi Okadi. And we are joined here today with two special guests. I'm Emma Soloperto, and I'm a friend of theirs, and I'm very excited to have a nice, smooth conversation about the upcoming presidential election of 2020. I'm Amelia. I'm also one of their friends, and I'm super interested in politics, so I'm excited to be on here today and have some productive conversations. Yep. So do you guys want to just start getting in to um, how we are, what we're excited for? Um, what you guys want to talk about in this podcast? I'm excited to talk about um, the upcoming election, get like different perspectives on um, different topics and just see what everyone has to say about it. Yeah, I'm interested to see what people um, agree with and disagree with uh, that the different candidates stand for and just like to see different people's opinions on it. Yeah. Yeah, and I also, I'm also very interested in seeing like what topics we go into and um, some of the big um, key points of certain candidates' um, campaigns and um, what they promoted, what they stood for. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with what everyone said. I think that this upcoming election is a really interesting one, and I'm really excited to hear everyone's opinions. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of key issues that we can deal with in um, this discussion. So let's just start off with maybe naming a couple Democratic 2020 candidates that we heard of or we are surprised by in their campaigns. The first few candidates that interested me um, during, like when when everyone was first coming out with their campaigns was Beto O'Rourke and um, Andrew Yang. And Beto O'Rourke interested me because there was a shooting in El Paso and he was really like outspoken about um, gun laws and gun control, um, which I, I support. So, and we also just shared a lot of the same viewpoints. So I was interested in him, but he ended up dropping out in like November. And then Andrew Yang also interested me because um, he was mm-hmm. very like, he kind of saw all perspectives like um, in the country. And he was also very well connected with like, the younger demographic of voters so I thought that was really important because I a lot of the um, candidates for for both like all parties are kind of focused on like more of the like middle-aged older people but like I feel like it's also important to get like the younger people's point of view too yeah I definitely agree with that um, how about you Amelia so um I didn't very closely follow the primary candidates but I someone that stood out to me was Bernie Sanders I heard a lot about him in the news I think he definitely appealed to the younger generation of people um he's you know known for wanting to create Medicare for all uh he wants to guarantee tuition and debt-free public colleges which I think a lot of younger people would you know want for themselves and I don't necessarily agree with everything he said but I thought some of those points definitely stood out to me Yeah, um, and I think something that really resonated with the um, citizens of America um, when it came to Bernie Sanders was definitely his grassroots campaign. Mm -hmm. And for the audience members that aren't familiar with that term, it is really when a candidate um, is campaigning specifically 
towards the middle class, lower class, making sure that the voters know that the candidate is looking out for them and cares about them. Um, so he worked really closely with um, normal people and he was very, very adamant about very... Um, making sure that everyone's represented and has um, a vote when it comes to the presidential election. Yeah, and he even had like a TikTok account, which I thought was cool because I, yeah. I think that he's the only person I saw like have that account and he like had his younger supporters speak on it, so. Yeah, I agree with what everyone said. I feel like especially Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders did a really good job in kind of grasping the attention of a much younger demographic, like both millennials and teenagers, because they had a really strong presence online. And more specifically, <coughs> Andrew Yang did stand out to me because he was very like, he wasn't too ideological and he does, he didn't get into many arguments. And I really am kind of disappointed that we didn't get to hear much of him um, during the Democratic debate. Yeah, I think something you bring up when you say he wasn't really ideological, he was kind of moderate. And I think those more moderate um, um, candidates were really the ones who resonated more with the people. Because I know our country is in a time where there's so much disparity between conservatives and liberals and Republicans and Democrats. And I think um, being a more moderate, moderate candidate was very important. Um, I think that's maybe why Joe Biden is in the position he is now. Um, and another thing, Emma, you brought up was specifically um, TikToks, like social media. And I think that was also a very, very, very significant thing that had a big influence on um, the election and the primaries and um, really how the campaigns went. Um, of course, many candidates are using platforms such as Twitter, Instagram to reach out um, with their voters. And now they're more easily connected with them than ever. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that using social media is a really great tactic for a lot of these candidates because I think I'm not sure on the statistics of this, but I feel like a lot of younger people who may feel less informed are the ones that aren't going to go out there and vote. So if you can reach those populations of people who are, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and all this type of social media and like whatever they hear about you, even if they only see one post or something, maybe it'll just get your name out there and maybe they'll vote for you, you know, if they're uninformed or, or it's just a great way to reach, I think, a new a new climate of people so i definitely think social media can have a huge impact on on the elections they can reach people who without the skew of news channels you know what i mean yeah absolutely i i love how you bring up um news channels um because when there is social media um reaching mm -hmm. different demographics it really is just about the candidate and not really about what certain news channels or corporations are putting out about that candidate, um, skewing them towards one side yeah. of um, this, um, the spectrum. Yeah, I totally agree. So have, um, have you guys personally been following with um, the results of the primaries and caucuses, more specifically the ones that initially already happened and their outcomes? Um, I, I followed along a little bit with the primaries, but I don't know a ton about the caucus meetings. Yeah, I, I know that um, Biden won primaries, but um, I don't, I, I did not follow along that much with the caucuses, like Amelia. 
What about you, Sam? Um, yeah, so something that I did follow along with was really the first caucuses, um, Iowa and New Hampshire. And um, after Iowa, you know, there was a huge surprise that um, the candidate beat Buttigieg, who's no longer in the running. Um, but he turned out um, to win the primary. But I feel as though that was also a very controversial issue because um, there was a mishappening with the calculations and um, people suspect there's some sort of play with money and bribing. Um, I'm not too sure about if any of that happened after further looking into it, but there were definitely people who felt as though they had strong evidence with that. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that there was a lot of controversies that were emerging with this specific um, period of primaries and caucuses, especially the Iowa caucus, like you mentioned, a lot of people claim that it was like very, it was it was filled with lots of errors and inconsistencies and it wasn't calculated correctly. So I think that's something that is going to go down as an historical event, this miscalculation of the Iowa caucus. Yeah, I actually just looked that up and um, I found out that they used an app that wasn't tested and it didn't work well. So that's actually why the votes were a little skewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. Um, I think that's also a big thing that people are now looking out for with um, digitalized um, counting and calculations of voting, especially after the entire controversy of Russia getting into the 2016 presidential mm-hmm. election. Um, how do you feel about that, yeah. Emma, with the entire digitalized voting and um counting of votes well obviously like it's bad like it shouldn't be done yeah i think the candidates should try to work on a way to reform voting in a way that it can be fair and honest mm-hmm. um how do you feel actually about um that entire situation um, that happened first at the iowa caucus yeah i think it was really unfortunate that there there was speculation of a miscalculation of the votes And I think that with the technology we have today, like I would assume that that wouldn't be a problem because we can very easily digitally count votes instead of having someone um, do it by themselves and that could lead to miscalculations. And I think it's really unfortunate, but hopefully they reform the system so that the people's voices are really getting heard because primaries and caucuses are really important when it comes to elections and it really sets forth what the future of the election is going to look like. So it should really be reformed to make sure that it's accurate and calculated correctly. Yeah, and I really like how you mentioned um, that you would think with technology today that it would be easier and cause less problems when counting votes and um, executing elections. But honestly, do you think like um, there are more um, bad things to go along with it? Or do you think it's um, having technology and these technological advances help? I feel like that since it's so new, you know, that it's going to take a while for, like, everyone to get used to, um, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's still relatively new, like, we, in the past, like, votes were not digitally calculated, so, um, I feel like there's going to be more times like that, like, the votes being miscounted, like, there's definitely going to be more times, but, uh, like, as time goes on, I think they're going to, like, make it better and fix it. Yeah, so something just really quickly about that, um, do you guys feel as though, um, Russia did hack the election or had any type of influence on the 2016 election? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it just, the way that um, 
Trump would act around Putin, it just, it seemed a little suspicious to me. I mean... How about you, Akshita? Whether it be conspiracy theory or reality, I really hope it's not true. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I have not much to say on that topic. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Amelia? Um, I also don't know a ton about that. I heard something about how like, Hillary's compl- campaign was proven to like, conspire with the Russians, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. But all I know is that um, you always hope that things like that don't happen because you know, we want to believe that all of our candidates are like, trying to do the best for us and they want to be in office for the right reasons and they're trying to get there in the, you know, the valid way. So obviously I hope that nothing happened, but I don't feel like I'm educated enough to comment. Sam, did you keep up with that? Because wasn't there something with, I can't remember exactly because I, I, I read about it so long ago, but there was something like, um, like a call between Russia and the United, and Trump, but I, I don't know, I can't remember. And something about funneling money. Yeah, I heard about like um, certain meetings that um, happened between the Trump family and, and organizations in Russia. Um, We don't know for certain whether um, they completely hacked the election and um, skewed the voting. But um, for all we know, they may have. I know that a lot of government resources were used to um, have that long-term investigation against the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of that, do you think that those resources were wasted or do you think it was um, a good thing for them and a necessary thing for them to um, look into it, especially because he was voted our president after not winning the popular vote. Well, personally, I think that if there is any speculation of any wrongdoings with any candidate, any president, or anyone in office, I think that it should Mm -hmm. be looked into because, like Amelia said, we really want to hope that the people in office are being are doing everything in the best interest of the people and if there's any issues regarding that it should be you know looked into so it can there can be an end put to it yeah i agree i think like i agree with everything you said actually that i think that's good to look into something when there's like suspicion that something might have happened but i don't necessarily think there was enough evidence to prove that that occurred in fact i saw like evidence on both sides that you know there was skewing of votes on both sides which i think always is going to happen you know we have a pretty corrupt government (laughs) as much as we wouldn't like to believe that yeah i agree (laughs) okay um so getting back on track something i just want to talk about was um Bernie Sanders, he came up a lot in our discussion, Mm -hmm. Um, and he used to be thought of as a self-proclaimed socialist. Um, What do you guys think about the term socialism in today's society and Bernie Sanders specifically? I think that socialism in general, when people hear that, they are really off-put by it. It's it's a super extreme um, ideology, and people, when they hear that, they're like, oh, this is corruption, this is the government take taxing us and we are literally going to have our money taken away and it's just it's they think of it as very like a corrupt government yeah i agree with that yeah and i feel like something that comes up a lot is um i know i've heard many times people comparing socialism to communism in the sense that we're all supposed to be equal and the government is supposed to limit our resources to make sure that everyone has 
um, an equal opportunity to be successful. Um, do you have any thoughts or opinions on that, um, Amelia? Yeah, I think um, going along with like Bernie Sanders, and you know he's best known for being a socialist. A lot of his policies had a lot of government control. You know, he wanted, like I was talking about earlier, he wanted debt-free public colleges and tuition, Medicare for all. You know, but you have to pay for these things somehow. So it's coming out of like our taxes. And it's also, you know, it gives less incentive per, for people to work harder, I think, because competition in the market can only really thrive in a capitalist environment. Once you switch to, like, socialism, there's less competition because the government has so much control over us. So I personally am not in support of that because I feel like we start to lose our freedom once the government starts implementing systems like that. But I can see how, it, like, the logic behind it makes sense because, you know, we always would want health care for everyone and... I, I agree everyone mm-hmm. should have health care, but I just think the problem occurs once we start to lose our freedom. I think that, like, the comparison to communism is kind of, like, extreme because I feel like with socialism, it's it's kind of you're paying for people's, like, essential needs. You know what I mean? Like, in like with communism, it's just a very, very extreme, like, way of government, and I don't, I don't think it should be compared to that really like i see i see like characteristics of it that could be compared but like overall i think it's two different forms of um government yeah and with what you brought up amelia i definitely feel as though we do possess individualism and freedom to grow and build our own wealth and success um that's something that alex de tocqueville the french diplomat in the 19th century pointed out about the American core values. He said freedom and individualism were definitely two very significant things that America possesses. So I think we should have the freedom and individualism to build our own life and not have the government interfere with that. So I do see what you're saying. I think like a lot of what we're talking about is like democratic socialism, like which is not the same as socialism. A lot of times people would, mm-hmm. you know, relate socialism to communism, but democratic socialism, which is what a lot of the candidates are trying to implement, is like where you're trying to reform the capitalist system with some social policies like healthcare and free education. So I think like there's definitely some aspects of socialism that can be good for our society, but we just want to make sure that it's not getting too crazy with the government involvement so we keep our freedom. Yeah, so narrowing down into one of Bernie Sanders, his most popular um, policies, which is kind of canceling student debt and like free college. So he claims that like in order to do this, it'll cost $2.2 trillion to make public colleges and universities tuition free. And his goal in doing this is taxing Wall Street. So what are your guys' opinions on that, on taxing the top 1% wealthiest Americans? I... I like Bernie Sanders is just very very far left and I feel like that that is very ambitious and that's asking a lot um of the people even if they have more money than like most of America I feel like that's still asking a lot for everyone to do so I I don't really agree with that standpoint that he was making like he's he's very extreme in his views So I feel like with the free college idea, um, that's kind of ambitious of Bernie. And I don't really feel as though that will happen in the coming years, especially not anytime soon. 
even though it would be ideal for families of low income and those who want to get an education without having to spend fortune. However, um, dealing with the taxes on the 1%, I feel as though it is really asking a lot, like Emma said, and these people are making millions and millions, and to pay the fraction of the taxes that they need to and lose all the, uh, lose all that money, I think that's definitely a lot to ask. But on the contrary, like, looking on the other hand, I do see how Bernie wants uh, the top 1% to pay taxes because we all need to be equal and pay back to America because America is the institution that's giving us the opportunity and the freedom to make this money. So I do believe as though we should, you know, give back and help out the government and make sure others have that opportunity also. Many middle-class families in the top 1%, like the top 1% is pretty much already paying for most of the taxes in, t- in the country because, you know, they pay a percentage of income tax. So because their income is a lot higher, they're paying a lot more. And I think like, I, I do agree that everyone should have the same rights and we should all be like able to live our fullest potential lives here in the U.S., but also people work hard for their money, so I don't necessarily think that, like, increasing the taxes on the top 1% is the solution, because, like, that's their money, and although they do have a lot of it, it's, it's their, they should have control over what they do with their money, like, they earned it, and it shouldn't be, like, like, I don't necessarily believe in the redistribution of wealth principles, but I just think that it will end up hurting the, like middle class through like taxing businesses meaning prices will go up so i just think like we just have to be careful with like how much we go into that you know what i mean yeah and i absolutely agree with you i think that was one of bernie sanders more controversial um issues and points he wanted to bring up in his campaign um and i i definitely agree when you say that um this top one percent they have earned their money and it is their money that they are trying to keep and protect and they shouldn't really be forced to pay more just because they make more. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a great point you bring up. Yeah, so we focus a lot on Bernie as he's one of the emerging top Democratic candidates. So sw- switching gears to another prominent figure in the Democratic field is Joe Biden. What are your guys' opinions on Joe Biden and his emergence as a popular candidate? I wasn't, like, I wasn't really surprised by this um, because a lot of the candidates we were seeing, like, weren't very, their names weren't really out there, you know? And Mm -hmm. Biden is already known for being the vice president to Obama, so... I feel like he already had a good start um, with name recognition and stuff. And I don't know, it, like when it, he first emerged as a candidate, I know there was like sexual um, allegations, um, allegations, harassment yeah. allegations mm-hmm. against him. So I didn't really look much into those. I I don't really know what happened with those, but I feel like they weren't really like presented in the media that much as like the allegations against like um brett what's brett kavanaugh and donald trump and yeah brett kavanaugh and trump yeah yeah i definitely agree i'm not really surprised that he did end up um emerging as the one and only democratic 
candidate as of now um because there is that um definite aspect of name recognition added into the entire situation because Obama did have the number one approval rate out of many of the past presidents in recent years and being the vice president to such a political figure that definitely does give you that leg up when running for office as he is now. Yeah, I I agree. I think he definitely because he was in politics for I think it was something like 32 years and then he was a vice president for 8 years. He definitely had that name recognition, but I also think like going back to some of his points, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of them like he wants to increase existing tax taxes on the upper income Americans, which I just talked about and that he thinks that college should be free for two years. He wants to raise the federal minimum wage. So a bunch of points I don't really agree with. Also, he seems to not be as coherent as he was in the past. Like sometimes he seems, you know, he's getting older. He seems to be struggling with putting together his thoughts sometimes. So I think that's definitely something to think about, but you know. Yeah, I definitely think, especially in the early um, debates, um, Joe Biden wasn't really pulling his weight. He was kind of underperforming. Um, Yes. Yeah, like you said, he wasn't really having the easiest time forming his thoughts. Um, But something that you did bring up was he wanted to raise the minimum federal wage. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about why you maybe don't support that um, idea of his? I think that raising the minimum wage, it sounds great because we want people to have more money and to be wealthier. But once you start to raise the minimum wage, um, you know, more money is going to be taken out in in taxes. And also this is going to make inflation rise throughout the country because the companies that are paying their workers, now they have to pay them higher. So that means that now in order to make that money, they have to uh, increase their um, increase their prices. So it's going to lead to inflation. So I really don't think that, you know, it's just, a, it's a, it's a cycle. So I think that it's not going to do as much as people are hoping. So I, I definitely don't think that it's a huge point that should be supported. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And those are definitely great points you bring up. Um, how about you, Akshita? What are some topics or ideas of Joe Biden's that um, you like, you don't like? Yeah, so um, going back to something Amelia said about um, Joe Biden not being as coherent as he possibly can, I think that even though, like, when that's not, like, the main point when we're looking at um, who should be president, I think that's it is still a very crucial thing. And, like, when we are watching the mm-hmm. Democratic debates, we're looking for candidates that stand out. We're looking for candidates that we can see as our future president. And personally, um, I, I didn't really feel that way about Biden, obviously, most of his um, policies are very popular within the Democratic um, field, and a lot of people support him. He had, obviously, like you said, name recognition, but to me personally, he doesn't really stand out as someone I can foresee as our future president. I definitely agree with that. There's nothing really that's like making him stand out right now. I think the only thing is that people just really don't like Trump, so they'll they'll vote for anyone that isn't him and like regardless if he has anything that stands out uh yeah i i definitely agree i don't think there's a major reason why he emerged as the um single candidate but i also do think there is that aspect of his moderate campaign and his moderate ideas not being too far left um 
And I think that did resonate with more of the voters and they wanted someone such as Joe Biden to um, run as their president and be their next elected president. Yeah, I know on social media, there is this prevalent message of vote blue no matter who. And that's been like a pretty popular hashtag for a lot of people. And what are your guys' opinions on that mindset? I feel like that the vote blue no matter who is becoming even more stronger now that we're seeing how Trump is handling the coronavirus. Um, I I feel like the message is just going to like grow even bigger. And I don't know, it's going to become a very like a uh, very one minded, you know what I like? I don't know the word for it. Like a very like, like set mind. Yeah, like one track minded um, um, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. Like vote blue no matter who is not really the way to go um, because no matter who it is, you still need to look at the candidate and make sure they're they they're able to be your president. Um, but I feel like to the extent that Trump has um, disappointed um, the public, I feel as though that's why this has become such a prevalent hashtag and idea among the people. Um, I personally, going off of what you said, Sam, I don't really agree with the. Bl- vote blue no matter who i think that people should be i know there's this huge everyone you know hates trump but i think that people should pay attention to like at least some of the things that he's doing you know look at the candidates and try to decide who they think will be better for the country like i know a lot of things that trump says people take um like as racist and i don't necessarily agree with everything he says i'm not saying i do i just think that if you look at the past four years and what the country, you know, was at the end of the Obama administration and kind of like what it is now, you know, before this whole coronavirus thing that happened, our economy was at a high, um, it was booming, you know, we had unemployment was at an all time low. And now that this coronavirus thing has happened, I think that people have definitely started to take more sides because there's a lot of, you know, things coming out about how Trump has dealt with it. And I think the media has a lot to do with that as well, like perceiving like some media channels are not, you know, covering different things that he's saying and and like twisting some of his words. I just think that it's going to be a kind of a different election this year due to the political landscape now. And hopefully people can try to pay attention to the facts and like hopefully see you know, what he's done for this country. And I know that people will take in what they will, but I just think that vote blue no matter who is kind of a stupid principle. (laughs) Okay, so something we just wanted to quickly get into was our current environment we're living in with the global pandemic. Um, So how do you guys feel um, that will um affect the 2020 election i know the 2020 election as of now has kind of been put on the back burner of most media channels and um news channels um so what do you guys think how about you emma i think that um this pandemic it really gave um the president to show it gave him a chance to like show his true leadership i feel like and I, I don't know. I was kind of waiting for a big event like this in the country to happen to like really see how he has stepped up, but I'm not really seeing how he stepped up. I mean, I know um, I, I saw a video clip that surfaced that was like he told a, a Asian reporter to like ask China where the virus came from. 
and was talking over the reporter and just walked off the stage. And I feel like that's not really like responsible of him. So, and there's been more moments like that during this whole pandemic of him just not being like responsible. I feel like, like the um, injecting bleach into your system. And um, I feel like the other candidate, like even if it wasn't Joe Biden, they would already have leverage over this because people just don't have any respect for how Trump is handling this whole thing. Yeah, I definitely agree. And a lot of the things we talked about in our previous podcast was definitely how Trump is handling um, the current issues. Um, I love how you brought up the entire thing about how he is trying to show pride and not really showing leadership um, with the Asian reporter and being blatantly and outright racist to her instead of trying to lead our country through through this time. Um, and I know another thing that he has done to kind of show pride as a president um, was, he, I think he, th- he threatened to fire the lead scientist um, who's trying yeah, to Yeah, Dr. Fossey. Yeah, Dr. Fossey. He's trying to, he threatened to fire him just because he simply did not like him. And after that, Donald Trump has just been adding in um, his two cents about what he thinks we should do to cure this pandemic. And it's never really been professional or something a leader or especially the president of the United States should be putting out into the media. Um, what do you think, Amelia? Um, I, I just want to like ask you guys a question. I, I'm just curious, like, I know that you guys have different opinions about how like Trump has handled this virus, but like, what's something that you would like to see from him that he's not doing? I, for me personally, I would like him to be kind of just more like understanding of the public's view on this whole topic, because I feel like he's not really understanding the fear that people have. And he's just kind of brushing it off. Like there was another clip that um, a reporter asked him how many ventilators there are. And someone answered and said, we can't really say. And he just said, like, there's about 8000 left. Like, I feel like that doesn't really like soothe people's fears I, I just feel like he has to be more aware of like who his audience is i think that like during this time like e- like the way trump responds to this pandemic can either help or hinder his popularity and i think one thing that people would per se praise him for is the way in which that he is trying to like boost the american like nationalistic state like he's trying to keep us all like on our feet and talk about how we are strong Americans and we can get through this. And that support is one thing that is a positive aspect. But I think a more negative aspect would be like like Emma, these instances with reporters, with hearings that he has had in which he has been kind of shed in a negative light, somehow not taking the pandemic as seriously as it should be. Like how we talked about in our last podcast about how he jokingly, sarcastically talked about how we should inject disinfectant into our bloodstream. That's yeah. one like negative aspect. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I feel as though one thing to answer your question, Amelia, um, that the public would like to see from Donald Trump is him not turning this pandemic into some sort of competition with other countries. I know in um, a reporter asked him um, about the cases and how the government is handling um, the current situation. And instead of answering that question, he said um, that we are ahead of um, other countries in the progression of dealing with this and that we are we have less cases and that was 
not something the public wanted to see. Um, we know the numbers. We don't want to. We don't want the president turning it into some sort of prideful competition that he has. Um, we want him to make speeches about how we'll get through this and how everyone's here together. Um, we want him to send some type of message to the lower income families that everything will be okay. And that goes back to that pride and nationalistic support and view that you said Donald Trump was bringing into the public light, Akshita. However, I feel as though it's more of a personal pride than an American patriotic one. I think it's him trying to show his power as a president, but I really do think there are other ways to show it, and that would be leading some sort of initiative to bring down the number of new cases and to cure these people who have the virus. And I think he could do and follow many steps to actually show pride as a president and lead our country as a strong nation through this pandemic. And another thing with Donald Trump, um, he was um, specifically the reason as to why stimulus packages didn't arrive in many households for weeks um, for weeks when they should have. Um, if I could just respond to that, I think like what you were trying to say uh, in response to that is I, I feel like mm-hmm. Trump, you know, he's not great with like report like reporters i feel like a lot of times some things that he says should are not stated in the best way you know he makes sarcastic comments sometimes which i don't agree with i don't think that it's a situation where you should be making sarcastic comments but i think overall people i Mm -hmm. think sometimes don't see what he's actually doing you know he's supplied ventilators to every state that needed them he set up hospitals all over the country staffed them supplied you know masks everywhere he's always and i think that the interaction with the reporter that you guys were talking about where you know he compared our testing rate with other countries i think he's always bashed about testing and what he was trying to say is that we've done better than anywhere else in the world he's trying to encourage americans and in that specific interaction with the asian american woman um personally i think that when he said oh why don't you ask china i don't think that was a proper response but i think you know throughout this whole thing trump has pretty much been blaming china so i don't i don't necessarily think that he was trying to make a racist comment to her i think that he was trying to again like reinforce the point that china is the the one in the scenario that let it get this bad you know they hid information about the virus but i definitely don't think he should have gone about it that way i just think that um that there's two different ways to look at it yeah, I completely agree with you, Amelia. I think that it's good to see, like, both sides of these situations in a time like this. Okay, guys, so just before we end our podcast for today, I just want to talk about quickly um, the Electoral College and whether you think um, that should be abolished because it usually does play a significant role um, in the end result of the um, election and even after what happened in campaigns. Okay, so I think that even if it is an unpopular system, it is going to be really hard to be abolished because there are a lot of people in support of the Electoral College because it leaves the decision of who the potential candidate is going to be up to people who are more educated on that topic. But then a lot of people complain, but then a lot of people say that it is... Yeah, a lot of people say that it's like taking away representation from the public and the real voters um giving it to the more educated representatives that vote in washington so yeah i definitely get that
Okay, guys, so um, just before we end the podcast and close out for today, I just want to ask you, so after all this conversation and talk, um, what do you think, what are your predictions for the 2020 election? Um, who do you think will win and emerge as the 2020 president-elect? Um, I personally think that there's, like, you know, there's enough coming out about the corruption in, like, the Democratic Party right now. So my personal prediction is that Trump will win. I think he has, in the past, proved his ability to get the economy roaring, and that's what we need after this coronavirus downturn. Yeah, I think that this election, it's really hard to make, like, a solid prediction because I take it back to the 2016 election. I was like, oh, there's no way Trump's going to win just because of the way that Hillary Clinton was a, a common candidate and she had the name recognition, but he ended up winning. So I think that I can't make a solid prediction, but if I had to, I would go with Trump only because of his popularity and his the way in which that he kind of grasps the attention of a lot of American citizens. I think that I agree with Akshita, like saying how it's hard to make a prediction, but I really think that there's enough people that very strongly dislike Trump that like Biden could possibly win. Uh, yeah, I honestly agree with all of you. I feel as though, um, even though I do not agree with most of Trump's policies, I feel that America has shown in the past that um, they do um, like Trump and his ways and his values. So even though I personally don't agree with um, his campaign and um, what he stands for, I feel as though at the end he will, the result will be that Donald Trump ends up winning. Okay, guys, I think that wraps up today's podcast. Um, We had some really good conversations, and it was really interesting to see everybody's opinions and insight on the upcoming election and the candidates and everything overall. So thank you so much, Amelia and Emma, for joining us. Yes. Yeah, no problem. It was really great. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you, Emma and Amelia, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. This was a great conversation. I think we brought up a lot of great points. It was great to see your different perspectives on the entire political situation with the election. Um, I really had a great time talking to you guys. And yeah, so for all you listeners out there, make sure that you stay tuned for a lot of more episodes to come. We have so many more conversations planned, um, and I think they're going to be great. I think you're going to love um, listening to our talks about politics, um, but because this is the special election episode, we just want to tell all of you out there, if you can vote, register to vote and make sure you do vote because your voice matters and you need to be represented in government and you deserve your vote as an American citizen. Yes, remember to go vote. So yes, please stay tuned, vote, stay safe, and we hope you enjoyed your ride down the slide on Politician's Playground. Bye! Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye, guys.